Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. We return to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by World of Spas, Edmonton's number one hot tub and swim spa dealer. The ideal place to start your daily vacation on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. Cam Moon with Derek Scott, 1233 here in Edmonton. And this is Oilers Now. The text line for Ashley Fine Floors has been busy. And there have been uh, people texting in the best small venue concerts they've been to. Jamie fired in uh, Snoop Dogg at Cowboys in Edmonton. Alejandro with Motorhead at Wild Bills in Banff. Oh, that would have been outstanding. I would have enjoyed that. Mr. T with Widemouth Mason at the Corral in Grand Prairie. Widemouth Mason. There's there's a blast from the uh, Canadian content past from before. All right. We'll go to our headliner, and it is going to be Jets color analyst Kevin Sawyer. And our headliner is brought to you by Wilhawk Beef Jerky. It's the best you've ever tasted. Search for W-I-L-H-A-U-K today. All right. So we have got Kevin Sawyer, does color on the television for the Winnipeg Jets, also worked the Memorial Cup. And uh, Kevin, while I, before we even get to the, to the hockey stuff, give me the best small venue concert you've been to. Small venue concert, okay. The Gorge at George in Washington, not really that small. Okay, moving on. We were in Vegas, and we went to the Barbershop Mooner, and it's a speakeasy. It's a barbershop, full-functioning barbershop. You walk to the back, there's a door, they open it. Huge stage, but it's private, and it was um, amazing. So the Barbershop in Las Vegas. I like it. Who'd you see? It was all the like the like lead guitarist, bass players, you know, pianists from like Lifehouse and and um, Nickelback and all these guys that are backup kind of instrumentalists that all can sing and they're amazing. So I don't even know their names, but they were killer. They were killer. So if you ever get a chance, seriously, go to the barbershop in Vegas. Okay, well I like it. Kevin Sawyer, our guest, and uh, we're gonna talk. We'll talk some Jets. We'll talk some Memorial Cup. But it, it's been uh, it's been a busy off season so far for the Jets. It might get busier yet. Um, when we look at the, I mean, the, the first thing I want to ask you about is uh, the the trade of uh, uh, Dubois goes to Los Angeles. I, I thought the Jets, considering that they were really up against it and, and you're forced to make a deal, so you're not, uh, you're not making this deal from a, a position of power. Uh, but to get the return of, of a Velarde and Iafalo, a Kapari, and, and a second-round pick, to me, Kevin, it looked like they did pretty well. Way beyond what I was expecting, to be honest. I see it the way the way you see it, where everybody in the league knew exactly where Dubois stood, and so that means everybody knew the situation that I think Dubois and his camp put Kevin Sheffield in. So... When you consider that you get a draft pick and two former first-round picks and a heck of a player in Alex Iafalo, uh, I mean, 
home run, uh, I think it's uh, almost a grand slam considering the situation they're in. So, and, and the biggest thing that excites me is, you know, they didn't get a ton of prospects and a ton of picks. They're, you know, they're not rebuilding, they're retooling on the fly, kind of like L.A. did in my mind. You know, L.A. dipped for sure, not a playoff team for a couple of years, and then now all of a sudden they're they're considered one of the competitive powerhouses to be. So, to me, it's kind of ironic in that way that that uh, Chevrolet makes a trade and gets a return that allows his team to compete now. So it was a it was a huge deal for both teams. Dubois, they're going to miss him. There's no doubt that, that he's a power, maybe one of the best power forwards, or potentially one of the best power centermen in, in the league. In my opinion, he's going to be if he's not already. So it's one of those deals where both teams were winners. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, it, when you're when you're up against it, and you, you know a player wants out, and, and and you're dealing with you know only certain teams that uh, he'll go to. Uh, it really makes it difficult to make a deal where you can get quality players back. And I don't know. I felt like to me that they did because I mean the last two years when the Oilers played the Kings in the playoffs, and I thought uh, you know. Alex Iafalo and uh, and Gabe Velarde, those guys were they were they were tough to play against. They they look like they're going to bring a little something to the mix. Yeah, and you know what? Like if you look at Iafalo, never drafted, but he spent a lot of his time playing in the top line with with Brown and Kopitar. Like he's a guy that can truly play in a, a complementary player in the top six, but he can be a depth player as well. The big thing for me is he knows who he is and he's got a ton of speed, right? Of course, everybody knows the game's built around speed. So he's smart and he's fast. So And he's, he's, he's ready now. He's just 29, I think, just going to be 30 soon. So I think he's going to bring a lot to the locker room, which I think the Jets need. Is I think that they're not only retooling on the ice, but I think they're augmenting their their off-ice identity as well. And I think a guy like Alex Alfalo has enough experience. He's been around enough winners like Drew Gowdy and Kopitar where you know I think that he'll bring a leadership element too. Kevin Sawyer, our guest, does the color on Jets television. Uh, of course, uh, two players that just have a year left on their deals before they get to uh, unrestricted free agency, Mark Shifley, goaltender uh, Connor Hellebuck. Both those players, they could both be wearing a, a Jets uniform in the fall. Maybe they don't, uh, but uh, the possibility does exist. What do you think, uh, just your gut feel, you're around it much more than, than I am. What do you think is going to happen? Well, let's start with Hellebuck. And I, I think, and it's undoubtable, like he's, he said it time and time again, where the only thing really left him is win a Stanley Cup. So that's his goal. That's his focus. So he's going to make all decisions that are his to make to put himself in a position, in a position to do just that. So maybe the best thing that could have happened for the Jets is that there wasn't a deal that they couldn't say no to on the table this summer, which it, indications are that Hellebuck will start the season with the Jets, and then you know Kevin Shevelday will most likely work through and, and evaluate his options for a return on Hellebuck as the season grows. Here's the thing. If the Jets find a way to be competitive and and are a, are a team that, you know, Hellebuck thinks could win a Stanley Cup in the near future is a long-term or even a bridge deal, a long-term contract for Connor Hellebuck in the future with the Jets. I doubt it. If I was a gambling guy, I wouldn't bet big money on that. But I think now suddenly it's a possibility where a month ago it looked like he was on his way out for sure. I think ultimately still he will end up somewhere else before the trade deadline. But I think there's hope now that he could stay, and I think it all depends on what this team looks like 
as the regular season grows. That will be the deciding factor for him. For Mark Shifley, I think somewhat the same, and yet I get the indication that Mark's time in Winnipeg is not. But I, I just feel like if there was a player that, that needed and needs a, a fresh start, a new locker room, uh, you know, maybe new players around him, I just get the sense that his time is expiring in in Winnipeg, and and I'm not putting words in his mouth or the Jets because I don't know, and I don't know if the if the Winnipeg needs a, a fresh start for a number one centerman as well. But when you rebuild a culture, I, I think sometimes you just have to change some of the most vocal, most impactful, most powerful guys, not only on the ice but in the room as well. If you want to change it up, it wasn't working, and that's not a fault of Mark Shifley but I, I think that there's a real good chance that, that he's going to end up somewhere else. Um, and the good thing about that for, for Mark Shifley is he could potentially get what he wants if that's what he wants. And then for the Jets, they're going to get a good return on him. He's a heck of a player. What, a, what an elite talent. So that's my feeling. There's hope for Halbuck to stay. I think it's just a matter of time before Shifley goes. Kevin Sawyer, our guest, uh, Winnipeg Jets Television. Uh, Laurent Brassois, former Edmonton Oil King, Edmonton Oiler, uh, got injured, unfortunately, last year in the playoffs against the Oilers and and was done for the postseason. But signs in Winnipeg, uh, a very reasonable 1.75 for a, a one-year deal. Uh, uh, you know, Very comfortable, I would think, bringing Brassois back to the Jets. Oh, man, you know Mooner, correct? Like, you know this guy. Yeah. Personally, yeah. Like, so you and I know what I think a lot of Jets fans know and now Vegas Golden Knights fans know. This is a unbelievable dude. He's such a good teammate, such a good guy. He's team-first mentality the entire way. Uh, but he's not the same goaltender that left Winnipeg now that's coming back. He's got some, some real experience. Um, that playoff experience, I think, is going to you know, push his confidence to another level. He's not a starting goaltender in my mind, um, and I don't know that that's what he's coming in to do anyways, but Connor Hellebuck and him have excellent chemistry. They like each other a ton. Um, I think Brossois can carry a load if necessary because I know that if Hellebuck stays, they want him to play less games. And then if, if Hellebuck does go somewhere, it would, be, it would shock me if they don't bring back some form of a starting goaltender or a, a soon-to-be starting goaltender to work with Brassois. So it fits perfectly. The price point is right. He fits into the locker room. He doesn't just fit in the locker room. He's a big piece of it. He's a culture guy. Um, everybody likes him, and, and he's a better goaltender. He was good when he left, and I think he's better now than coming back. Yeah, I would agree. That that playoff experience that he had you know, before he got hurt and – was you know able to to get by the the Jets in the first round, I and mean, that's that's huge, huge to get that type of experience under your belt. When it comes to uh, to young guys in the in the Jets organization, you know, Cole Perfetti, I got injured last year, but uh, there's there's a, a ton of potential there. You know, Brad Lambert, who uh, you saw at the Memorial Cup with uh, Seattle, uh, Chaz Lucius, who uh, ended the season and got some some time in the WHL in Portland. I, of those of those young guys, uh, what do you do you expect to see in the fall if any of them can uh, stick with the big club? Yeah, well, I look back. Let's start with Brad Lambert. Last year in training camp, I mean, I, I think anybody that was close enough to the team knew that he wasn't going to make the team. But there was a lot of you know our reporters work, buddy. Like they all want to have the story, and it looked like he was good enough to play. Well, you and I both know that you know training camp and exhibition isn't even close to the to the real deal. So, but. 
man, he showed extremely well at, at camp last year. He had an outstanding regular season. Uh, I watched him closely through the playoffs and through the Memorial Cup. You've got a competitive guy that could skate unbelievably well, and now he's played some really important games. So he's got that on his resume. He had some success with the Moose in his time in Manitoba. He's not NHL ready, uh, but the good thing is, is he's going to push. And depending on how his season develops, um, you know maybe he'll be a, a guy that can get some games in. Um, but you look at a guy like Cole Perfetti, and here's what impresses me about Cole more than anything else: the skill, the poise, the vision. Those are his strengths for sure. I think he'll continue to work on his speed and explosiveness. It's not really who he is, but. You know what? He, he's he's mature beyond his years. Where he's got a presence, and you know those young guys. You, you don't know how old somebody is because sometimes they hold themselves beyond their years. He's one of those guys. So he's not going to be a leader on the club. He knows that. He, he's he's going to be a part of the the youth. But you can tell that this guy, if, if he sticks around with the Jets for a long time, which is certainly I think both both of their hopes, he's going to be a big piece of the room. He, he's respectful. He works hard. He speaks when he needs to, not when he wants to. Um, and yeah, I think his skill set spoke for itself. So you look down the list of, of guys that that they have, McGordy and, and Lucius, and um, you know those guys aren't ready now. But it's always good to have those young guys pushing in the future. Like if if in fact the Jets are going to re retool on the fly, that tells me that it's a team that's going to be competitive and potentially could be competitive for a long time because what they have coming is. They've drafted extremely well, so I think they're looking good. They're they're loaded up. Kevin Sawyer, our guest, Jets color analyst on television. Of course, you worked the Memorial Cup this year. Well, you have for for a few years, but I want to talk about this year's. It was in Kamloops, Quebec beats Seattle in the final. Calgary Trail location. I thought for sure that uh, I honestly I thought going into it, Seattle was going to win. They, they I thought their team was incredibly loaded up but first of all I just want to get your thoughts on uh, I was at the Memorial Cup in Kamloops in 95 and they put on a great show and and it's it's a wonderful junior hockey market you were there for the entire uh, entire Memorial Cup this year just your your thoughts on, on what the event was like yeah you know what good question buddy it was um it, it surpassed my expectations and my expectations were high St. John last year put on an outstanding 11 days or 10 days and the town embraced it and it was excellent Kamloops did the exact same thing and they I mean the the gardens the, the stage life of music all the extracurricular all the things that you find at Memorial Cup and the community embraced it here's what stood out for me the, the alumni that uh, either owns involved with the team or or just came back because they were blazers was outstanding it was it made the tournament find another level so you're walking around the stands and there's Jerome McGinley right or you know of course Daryl Sador is a part owner Shane Doan you're bumping into guys Mark for I mean you can go on and on and a lot of men went out of their way to come back to Kamloops bring their families be around interact with the fans and then for me personally I mean we're telling stories so I, I'll tell you back in in 2002, there was a, one of the most memorable games for me. I, I ran Mike Burden in Calgary. Ruby ran J.S. Jaguar first. Ginla was on the ice, line brawl. There was one guy left on the bench on each side. And we spent about three hours over a couple of years reminiscing and rehashing that night. So it was, it was an excellent event. 
away from the game. Uh, but, I mean, just the alumni is what stood out for me. To be a Camus Blazer requires certain skills on and off the ice. And, man, has it ever developed a lot of winners and great men because they had nothing but time and and I enjoyed being around him. It was great. I've always found, Kevin, the Memorial Cup is, is similar to the Grey Cup in that it's a, it's a celebration of the game. There's so many different things going on outside of the actual games that if you and, – and there are people that go to it. They come from all over Canada. Whether their team's in or not, they don't care. They're there for the party and, and for the game every night. Uh, I, going into it, I – Seattle, you know, I, I don't watch, uh, it didn't get to see the OHL or Quebec Major Junior League much, so you don't have a, a real good idea of, of how good those teams are going to be, but I did get to see Seattle play this year, yeah, and yeah. Gee, they just had a tough final, didn't they? Final game. Oh, Mooner, well, let's even going back to last year. So I, I called the WHL final last year when Seattle ran into Edmonton, and Seattle was not a team that was a favorite to to win the Western Hockey League. They fended off, I think it was six different elimination games, and Millich was their goaltender. They had they kept their core, and of course added to it like guys like Dan Lambert and so on, um, Dylan Gunther, some elite players. But they were a team that had an unbelievable culture. They cared for each other. Their motto last year was just one more day with the boys. And they almost pulled it off. They lost in, in six games to Edmonton, you know the rest. So now this year they come back, they've got that experience, the pain of losing, they've added even better players. And I thought for sure, I'm with you, I'm like, this isn't even going to be close. As good as Canvas was, because they loaded up Zellweger and all the rest of it, they weren't even close, in my opinion, all due respect. The depth of Seattle, goaltending, you know, the toughness, the size, the skill, the speed, I'm like, this is not going to be a contest. And, and I don't think Seattle lost that that tournament because they weren't good. Quebec won it because they were out of this world. And if there was ever a game winner where that was won by coaching, or coaching may have been the deciding factor, it would have been Patrick Waugh. He had his team so prepared. Our pregame talks, he would explain to us how they would play depending on the score, how they wanted to start, how they would react, and how they defend, how they, when they go. And then they would just go and do it. He had complete buy-in. They had skill, but they had a team that was almost – creatively robotic and after about a period of that game I'm like I'm going to win it so it was impressive from Quebec for sure yeah they've, they've got a very good program uh, they pack the fans in uh, in Quebec and Patrick Waugh's done a, done a great job You're, I, I, it felt to me like yeah they, they went out and won it I just I felt bad I thought uh, Seattle was going to get it done get that Memorial Cup for the WHL hasn't been since what 2014 when the uh, Edmonton Oil Kings yeah. won? So, yeah, no, oh, yeah. that's that's how it goes. It was a, uh, just to add to that, just real quick. Yeah. One of the things that, that uh, my son has uh, love having my family around hockey, just because for all the same reasons we all love it, right? There's just great life lessons that are transferable. But being around that Seattle team was special and and their coaching staff they've done it right where they build a culture they play for the right reasons they play for each other and man if there was ever a team that had a reason to hold their head high it would be them because they are 
an honorable group and they they do things the right way on and off the ice and you know whether those kids or young men move on to be NHLers or not some will some won't they're going to succeed because of the habits that were instilled in them when it was it was crazy to think 16 to 20 year old young men live their lives like that and, and they speak well they're gracious humble it, they're an impressive group of kids it was it was a shame that they didn't get rewarded in the highest way well said. You have been an impressive guest, as usual. <laughs> well, Mooner, that's only because uh, you're just saying that because I owe you a couple of dinners, so thanks. <laughs> <laughs> hey, thanks for doing this for us. Yeah, buddy, call anytime. I appreciate it. It's nice to talk hockey here in the summer. Right on. Yeah, why not? All right. Well, uh, thank you, Kevin. We will see you in a rink very soon. Our Oilers Now headliner brought to you by Wilhawk Beef Jerky. Great to talk with Kevin Sawyer, Jets color analyst on television and also a lot of work with the junior hockey as well. So he's plugged in when it comes in when it comes to all things Winnipeg Jets and junior hockey. He's a former NHLer, he's a former WHLer and an all-around good guy. We should probably take a break. Derek Scott's giving me the nod of approval that we should. Our, you got Cam Moon, you got Derek Scott. This is Oilers Now on 630 Chet. This is Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer on Oilers Radio 630 Chet. You got Cam Moon and Derek Scott today. 1255 in Edmonton. We just talked with Kevin Sawyer that was outstanding Jets color analyst on television some guests of Oilers now they receive gift certificates to Roos Chris Steakhouse it's the greatest steak you've ever had follow the sizzle to 9990 Jasper Ave and tell Chris and Chef Altoff that Oilers now sent you they do a great job I have been monitoring the Ashley Fine Floors text line as I was asking earlier about the best uh, best small venue concert you've seen. Uh, Jason says, uh, Collective Soul and Moist at People's Pub in the 90s. Oh, that's, that's a good one. Also saw one with the Headstones, Tea Party, and Everlast at Better Than Fred's in Grand Prairie. Hmm. All right. I I also got a text from Morley Scott, who will be calling the Elks game tonight, right here on 630 Ched. Jerry Doucette at the Kinsman Fieldhouse. Oh, yeah. Play that rock and roll, Morley. I like it. Uh, there, there. So the uh, Ashley Fine Floors text line, it has been busy with, uh, with a lot of different texts. One, uh, Burton Cummings. Uh, that was at the Briar Patch in Winnipeg. Uh, that oh, oh, here's oh no name on this one, but uh, Queensryche at the Commodore in Vancouver. I would enjoy that. That would be right up there for me. You are you're speaking to uh, someone that would really appreciate that. Chris in Edmonton, Motorhead at Cowboys in Edmonton. I think I would uh, I think I would enjoy that one too. Motorhead, I could. I can't imagine, and they were all always known as one of the loudest bands. I, I, I don't know what Motorhead would be like in a small venue. I'm guessing it would have been incredibly loud. Yeah, in, in, very likely. So I, I'll keep my eye on that, on the uh, Ashley Fine Floors uh, text line. Oilers Now Injury Report. It's brought to you all season long by James H. Brown Injury Lawyers. When accidents happen... 
go to jameshbrown.com. As we're through the first hour of Oilers now, we have talked with Kevin Sawyer. We've discussed uh, all things Winnipeg Jets. Coming up, we will have Joaquin Gage, who works on the Sportsnet panel and a former Oilers netminder. We're going to talk some goaltending with him. And then at 1.35, we've got John Shannon, our NHL insider, and we will get Brendan Escott. We are, he's busy. He's getting things ready for the Elks pregame show. But we're going to make him work a little extra. And, and while well, he's had to work extra already, he's been having to take care of me on this, as has Derek Scott. You know, there's not too many guys that work harder than Brendan Escott, let me tell you. He does. He puts in a full shift. I will give him that. That yeah, he does. He, he does not mail it in. So... Somebody has to make sure that I'm at least somewhat capable of doing this. And Derek, you have been a huge help. Oh, uh, no problem, buddy. Well, it is time for a break. So oh, let's get out of here. See, this is this is there what you I go. mean. You have to help me with this. All right, we have a global news, weather, and traffic update with Randy Kilburn. This is Oilers Now on 630 Jet.